The power of an inner scorecard, which you should have to start today, comes from several things. Let me give you three that I know about. Caring, how much do you care about whatever it is, okay? Number two, awareness. We won't cover that today. We'll do that probably next time. And reaction. These are three human characteristics that you can control. That's why, thank God, that we have these because we can control these things in order to give power to our own inner scorecard. The power you give it comes from, among other things, these three things. The caring that you have for whatever it is. Awareness, got to be aware, and I'll show you how to do that. Very interesting stuff I have coming for you on awareness. And reaction, that is you reacting to situations, people, blah, 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 blah. That's, what, that's all under your control. Okay. All right, so today's, I want to give you the caring and being able to care. Roseanne, uh, who had this really popular TV show many years ago, they tried to steal her program from her many years ago. And she wrote a book called, um, I forget the name of the book, but I remember the quote <laughs> that was in the inside of the book, who cares the most wins. And that's usually how it comes. Whoever cares the most about X is going to go home with X some way or other, right? Now, whether it's, do you love somebody, right? <laughs> or whether it's somebody like Elon Musk, who is determined to keep Tesla's spirit alive and who is determined that electric cars can be faster and better and sexier than gas guzzlers. See, if Elon Musk had decided, well, you know, gas is ruining the country and, you know, with the exhaust and everything. So we'll make an electric car. And everybody said electric cars aren't going to be sexy because they have big batteries and they're ugly and they're only going to run 10 miles and they can't go fast. That's what everybody told him. Because that's the way people think and thought. And that's totally fine. That's their opinion, see. But he cared a lot. He had this caring thing about these electric cars. So he knew people thought that they would be ugly, that they would be slow, and that they would only run, I don't know, 10 minutes. So what did he do? He turns these cars into the sexiest looking things for most people. They think they're very sexy looking. They can go there as fast as, I don't know, Ferraris, I guess. Totally blowing everybody's mind out of the water. Why? Because he knew that. He cared. He wanted electricity to help save the planet. That's why he did that. He didn't build Tesla to make a fortune. Money is the lowest level denominator of desire. I mean, it's almost worthless. Because most people who've achieved the greatest things were doing it anyway, and they would have done it for free. So unless you are living on poverty row, and you can't eat, money is not going to be your, the thing that helps you stay the course the most. So you got to find something you care about, okay? And that was, take him. Uh, take another one, Steve Jobs, with a, the with a phone. He, they never came to work for the money. When they became the richest company in the world, somebody said, well, what does that do to you? And he said, well, really nothing. He said, nobody comes to work because of that. And it's totally true. You know, you don't want to come to work for that. It's just too low end. He came to work to really make a dent in the universe by helping humans get tools that could make us think better and faster and have access to more information. Okay, so another one. Now, here's another one. Mother Teresa. She's another one who cared a lot and did all kinds of things because she was, a, she cared a lot about what the mission was that she was after, you see. 
So Carius very much, these people had inner scorecards. And the caring factor that created the power of their inner scorecards is what gave them, that's one third of that power right there, the caring. So you have to care a lot about what you're doing. And I know many people in our industry and in sales in general and in the internet marketing world, they really don't care that much. They just care, can I make a quick 10 grand a month? Yeah, somebody said you can make 2,000 bucks on this sale or 5,000 bucks, so let me quick do that. And they spend all this time trying to make, I don't know, 5,000 bucks or $2,000 or whatever, and they find that they can't do it at all. Because the people who are the buyers of these higher ticket programs can recognize that you don't know Jack. You know, it's kind of how it is. You know, we we don't have big trouble selling our programs for ten or twelve or fifteen thousand dollars because the people that are ready for a transformation who decide to come up with that money, they don't worry that we don't know our stuff. They don't worry we're going to go someplace and fizzle away. <laughs> they, everybody who knows me knows that and knows our team knows that. So you see, it's the caring has resulted in knowledge and information that we have now that the other person is transmitted right to them into their hearts and souls and minds. They may not agree with our style. I don't care, but they know we're going exactly nowhere. We'll help you get there until you get there. All right. Because we know our stuff and we care about that. So, so let's talk about, this is the caring side. Okay. We got the caring people that made them do these things. So for a business, whether you have a sales business, coaching business, or a network marketing business, every business requires customers to be in business. If you don't have people who pay you because they like the product or service or program, and that's why they do it, you won't have a business. In network marketing, probably most of you know that the FTC in the United States has told network marketing companies that if all you do is recruit and they find you, you'll, they'll put you out of business. Because it means that no one's buying the stuff because they like it as a consumer. They're only buying it to qualify to get paid. Now, some of you may not know this, but that's kind of how it is. So if you're saying, well, I just want to get recruits, you can, but get some customers first. Why? They don't pay as much. No, but they give you credibility. So if you've got 10 customers paying a hundred bucks a month for your skincare product, let's say, and you go to somebody and say, you know, I'm looking for somebody to, who's really crazy and really wants to help me market this and, you know, has a missionary spirit and wants to get the word out. And we've already got 10 customers. And I just, you know, been doing this like a month or two months and I have 10 paying customers ready. No kidding. Yeah, you know, and they pay me like 20 bucks on each one. So I'm ready up to 200 bucks a month. That sounds like a genuine business. Because normal people know that whether you run a print shop or a hamburger shop or whether you're a picture framing shop or whether you're doing blinds or selling homes, if you don't have clients who like what you do, what do you have? Nothing, right? So having some customers also helps you attract recruits. But regardless, you need people who pay money for whatever your business is offering, whether it's the opportunity or the product or the service. We got that part, right? To be in business. If you don't have any, you're dead. You don't have a business. You have nothing. You're just the way you were. So the first job is to get customers. I'm going to show you an example of how the caring helps your inner scorecard develop ideas and things that, because you have to think part of your inner scorecard is contemplating, right? Your, your business and your clientele, right? We'll show you the scorecard, but I'm giving you the examples first. All right. So 
What is the caring source for doing your business? Why do you care about it? Remember, that's the first one we're talking about. If it's money to you, or is it more helping the world or helping certain people improve their lives because you can and you are driven to do that? Okay, so I've already tipped my hand here and said, when it's money to you, what's gonna, you'll discover that most people don't stick around for the money. If the source of caring that they have is primarily the income, they quit pretty easily. That's why, why do you think 95% of the people in our industry quit? Because they promised the money, it didn't come, and there are a lot other ways, a lot of other ways to make income, even now, Uber, right? And they make, I don't know, 100 bucks a day, 200 bucks a day, whatever they make. But it's easier than not knowing how to get customers and talking to every single person and getting no in your face all the time. See, so there are a lot of ways to make money. So that's why everybody quits in our industry because the big promises of money and that's a really low end motivator, particularly for a, a person's own self. I mean, you may not know this, but for the most part, people are not that motivated to make personally big money. And when they are, you think about it, say, they, say that my goal was, oh man, I got to have a three Ferraris or I don't know, five Teslas or a Tesla. I don't really think unless my team is really special, like their family or, and even then, but think about your upline. They have this, they want to get a Tesla or a Ferrari or some, you know, half a million dollar car, whatever it costs. I mean, how much do you care about doing your business to help that person get their car? I mean, right? It's not a big thing it, because it's personal. It's only about you. And when you focus on money for you and things for you, what happens is the burnout rate is much faster than if you're doing the same thing trying to market the same product, market the same business, create the same business, but you're doing it for someone else to give, get money together so you can give it to a school for special kids, whatever your particular thing is. When you're helping the next person, we go the distance. So even there, your inner scorecard, you want to mark, is it for you or is it for somebody else? It's not like you shouldn't have anything for you. Don't be nuts, but you burn out the fastest when that is the main goal, when it's about you. It's just the way it is. These are the numbers. Okay. So that's just a little aside. So money, it's fine if you get it for some basic things. So you, you know, if you come from a poor place and you never had anything before, of course you want to have a car. Of course you want to have things and, you know, feel like you've got it. But once you're over that, when that phase is over, you want to start thinking about who you can help, how you can make the world and people better, because that's a much longer and better motivator for humans than the self with the exception of very few people whom none of us like. So when you almost have a mission, you dig deeper so that you can find the people that you're looking for. Remember we said here, do you, are you in it? You want to get customers uh, and let's pretend that you want to help the world or certain people in the world improve their lives because you can, like we run our programs because we know we can, <laughs> we know we can help people and we're driven to do it. Why? Because it's possible. Why would you leave anybody unhappy? If there was a chance you could make them happier and wealthier and richer and contribute more and be a better human, why wouldn't you do that, right? So I'm assuming that this is your motivation. So therefore, therefore, let's say that you know it's not everyone who's going to want your product. I mean, if you're in the marketing business, we're called coaches. Of course, coaches don't necessarily know how to market, but the industry of network marketing is has marketing in it. And even though the 
name marketing is in it. They don't teach you really how to market, but we're going to do that. And as a marketer, you would know if you've ever been shopping to like the grocery store, the supermarket, that there are a lot of brands, which means that one brand is not for everyone. There are dozens of toothpaste, dozens of cereals, dozens of everything. So you know that any one brand, which is what you all have, any one of you market one type of skincare, one type of this, one type of that, that's your brand, that there are others that are out there. So you know your thing's not for everyone. I mean, you ought to know that. If you didn't, now you know, okay? So what, here's what happens. Somebody who's kind of surfacy and looking for quick money, because that's what they sell. Not that you're bad, but they sold bad. So you say, well, quick money, I'll take it, right? <laughs> so you get 10 no's. And what do you say? What do they teach you? Next, 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 next. I have always thought that was so stupid. If you say to everybody next, of course, that's designed to mentally make you say, I don't need you, goodbye, and your kid's ugly, and blah, blah, blah. So you save your self-esteem. I, I get that. But they're really, you, you want to be smarter than that. So because what happens is you just keep asking anyone and everyone, everyone and everyone, everyone about your thing, right? Now, remember, I'm assuming you're really caring about this and that you know you can help people. You know there are people out there looking for you. And your tr you, the trick is to find them. That's what every marketer's job is in the world for everything. Cars, homes, hats, anything, computers. Find those clients who are looking for you, who when they see what you've got, they go, yeah, that's what I was looking for. That's what I want, right? And you, you're the one I want it with. Okay, so you keep, you don't want to do this. I'm saying this is the surfacey one. Because it's only surface level of caring. It's money for you, right? Keep going long enough till you find somebody. But this is not really how to develop your inner scoreboard. What you're going to do is if you decided that your mission is to find the right people, then what you could do is an, as an alternative to show the caring, right? Remember, this is just an example. Ask every person who says no. Say, no, no, I don't want to have that. You say, okay, so why is that? I won't sell you. I'm just curious. Tell me why. Why not? And you should take down, I would say, at least five to 10 different responses that people give you. And just listen to them and write them down, preferably record them. Somebody might say, well, I don't buy high-priced skincare. You know, I think that's vain and, you know, mm, God made me the way I am. Okay, right? I don't like chocolate shakes. Oh, okay. That's too expensive. Whatever it is, weight loss, hair care. Um, it doesn't make any difference what it is. There's always somebody who's going to say it's too expensive. And there's always somebody who says, wow, I thought it would be more. Always. They're both sides. Just because your experience is on one side, don't imagine that there's not a big lake on the other side with the right fish in it. You just haven't got any experience. <laughs> but you will. You get out a little more. Or somebody might say, oh, I don't want to give up all my favorite foods, right? Let's say, so let's just take these as examples. List all the reasons people have said no, right? Without the expletives, anything for the business doesn't make any difference. I don't care what they said. We want to know why, because we care. How is this going to help? I'm going to show you. Okay, so we got this. It, it might be any other things. I don't like network marketing. You know, I don't like women. I don't like men. I don't like uh, whatever. It's immaterial what it is. You make a list from five to 10 different people at least. And then what we're going to do is we're going to turn these into marketing angles. Okay? Because remember the mission, the caring. 
that part of the inner scorecard, which we're going to end up developing here in one of the future sessions. But this is the part where the inner scorecard power comes from the amount that you care and what it is that you care about, whether it's to make the world and people give them better lives or whether it's just you or whether it's just really at the lowest, lowest end, which is just some money for you, which is okay. You're just not going to get too far. That's all. I'm talking to people who really 5, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 built empires where it means something that you were here. Those people. Okay, that's what we're talking about. And you can do less. You can always do less. Now, how do you turn those into marketing angles? This, we've done this for many years. So, for example, somebody says, well, you know, everybody says my skincare is too expensive. Let's say it's Arbonne or say it's New Skin or, oh my, there's like a lot of some really good stuff. You can say, well, you know, this is skincare for people, for women who want spa quality. Spa quality. Have you said anything about cost? No. If somebody feels it's too expensive, they'll say, well, you know, that's not me because I don't really do spas, but I have a neighbor and she goes to the Golden Door. She goes to Elizabeth Arden. I mean, she pays like a thousand bucks to get her face done in the afternoons. She might be a good one. So it's skincare for people who want spa quality. And how does that relate? Well, take this one. I don't buy high price skincare. What is high? What is a spa? Usually high price, high end, right? So this one might be you know, that you have a skincare for women who prefer high-end skincare, people who want spa quality skincare, you know, people who want, who know, let's say that they want for this one, who know they want certified organic. So the marketing itself leads with the objections that you will now never hear. It's like saying, I sell size eight women's Nike running shoes. And if I were to run an ad like that, who would come? Only people who, I have an eight Nike running shoe, that $300 shoe or whatever it is that I get four or five times a year, because I do a lot of jogging. So I get those, because I and I could still jog after doing it like 30, 40 years because I buy the best shoes that I can find so that, that my body doesn't break as a result of buying cheap shoes. I'm like a long-term person, right? So it's women who want, and all the problems that they gave you here, like it's, let me show you, any problem I can turn into a marketing angle, which is what you want, because then that way, instead of you hearing the nose, those people go, well, in their mind, well, I don't do spas or, you know, whatever, but, you know, I know so-and-so because they do spas and it's associated with a lifestyle, with choices, not with none of that stuff you see, because you, you step completely away from that. And if you care a lot about reaching the right people, these are the kinds of things your mind starts thinking about during that thinking time, which is part of your inner scorecard habits that you start to develop. You see, it just comes right out of your own head, right? You don't need me, you'll need me to get it started. Right. But then after that, you, you got a brain. I got the same brain you do. I mean, it's just a little bit different experience, but it works. Say somebody says, well, your program has too many chocolate shakes. We did an experiment one time and that's what the lady said. Too many chocolate shakes. So what are you going to say? Well, this is what we have. And then you, you can go to your upline and say, crap, I have too many chocolate shakes. This is the wrong product. I don't even know why I'm marking this. 
marketing this. Well, no. If you care that your program can really help people, what are you going to do? And you know the right ones are out there. They're looking for you. How are you going to find it? Or you can say, well, you know, this is a shake program. It's a, you know, for people who are into weight loss and cleansing and whatnot. And it's a shake program, especially for chocoholics. What have you done? You turn the naysayers into your market. This is what caring does. It allows the mind to start working in ways that instead of you just going around looking for the next buck, you take the no's, take all the answers and turn them all into ways that you can market so you can find those people who are waiting for you, looking for you, so you can impact their lives for the good. That's what you're doing. See? How about this? This is a weight loss program for people or for somebody who doesn't want to have to give up all of their favorite foods. Right? Because most weight loss, is this going to be rabbit food? I don't want it. I don't want to give up all my favorite stuff. And what I would do then is say, okay, what's the favorite thing that you don't want to have to do without? Well, they usually it's pizza or ice cream. You know, one of those two. That's what I've heard anyway. The ice cream would be it for me. I like, I like to have, um, there's a cold creamery not far from me. And every time I think, oh, let me go sit there for a few minutes. And they all know me and I have all this stuff. And I don't eat very much of it because, you know, my capacity is not very big. But I have, you know, enough to know that ice cream is a fun thing, you know, to, to have and to look forward to. So it might be for somebody who says, this is a weight loss program for someone, you know, who wants to lose. And they don't want to give up their ice cream. That's who it's for. And that's how you market it. And that's how you present it and that's how you position it. Now what you do is you help the person do things so that they of course reduce the amount or the time of ice cream that they have, but they don't have to get rid of all of it. Do you know what I mean? So these are all ways, whatever the complaint is, you can turn it into lead with it and make it a marketing angle where it's not for people like our yes program is a pretty pricey. And it's going up a little bit in cost. And I would say that it's definitely not for people who think that if they learn to say what I say and do what I do online, that they're automatically going to get the same results I do. It's not for somebody like that. We've had people say, Kim, if I, I could copy all your posts, I could do the same thing you do. And would I get the same results? And the answer is probably, in fact, I know you wouldn't. If somebody's telling you, let's say, Somebody says, well, oh, I really love you. Let's just say. And you kind of sense, yeah, yeah, you're just saying that. No, no, I really love you. Right? Those are the words. And you know it's fishy. There's something not, yeah, you're just saying that. We all know that, right? And we've done it. We'll say something and the other person goes, yeah, you're just saying that. Oh, it's all right. It's really not all right. Yeah, it is all right. No, it's really not. And then you want to hit them, right? So the words themselves are 5% because we all can, if they reek of non-genuineness, if they reek of it's perfunctory, this is what we're supposed to say. How are you? I could give a, right? Versus you tell somebody you really love them. And at the same time, you've got your little flowers that you, right? That you have somebody and there they are. And they've given up whatever they did because they really do love you. And however it is that they make you feel like you're really truly loved, you will feel that. And there'll be the same words. And that's the difference. The power of the words are come from the power of the conviction 
which comes from a knowingness that this is what you're here to do. And the other people can tell it hundreds of miles away. And that's why knowing the script is not enough. Because if you don't really care, other people are going to tell it a mile away. See? So you want to pick something to market where you think you can make a difference. That's the key thing. Otherwise, you'll never have any reason to develop an inner scorecard. You'll just be looking for a quick buck wherever you go. Then you could do Uber too. It's a lot less work than this. Okay? So you learn to promote who it's not for <clears throat> as much as who it is for. Does that make sense? So in terms of caring, who cares the most wins. And you have these different examples here that I gave you. If you want to start to develop an inner scorecard, which is what we're going to be uh, doing in our, in our main YES program, and we're going to have quite an advanced program for that. And I'm going to give you little pieces here so you can start if you want to learn to do that. What you want to do is get a, a Google document or some kind of paper. You know, you can get a Google Doc, I guess. Or you can get a pad if you want, if you're a paper and pencil person. And on a calendar, of course, you want to have a calendar. And start making notes every day of all the notes that you get and all of the responses you might say well I want to talk to five people and you're not going for no that's retarded you're not doing that so you can say next you're making your presentation however you're going to do that based on a lot of the stuff we have in this group and then if somebody says no I don't think I want to do it say wait wait just before you go can I just ask you why I won't sell you don't worry I just want to know what's the reason you know you don't like me okay great um you don't buy anything from strangers okay great What's the other thing you said? You don't like that brand? Okay, great. You don't have time to get into it? Okay, great. Whatever they say, you make a list of all those things. That's the first assignment for your inner scoreboard, doing that. And then you got to turn each of those into a marketing angle for people who, and turn it around the way that I showed you. That would be your first assignment for your inner scorecard. Your inner scorecard is something that you keep, you do every single day. But I'm going to give you little tiny things like this to do because nobody will see you doing this, nobody. But when you come up with your marketing angles based on objections, why they didn't do it, right? Then you're gonna start making posts on your Facebook with those things and you're gonna start getting responses. And at some point somebody's gonna buy because they are a chocoholic. That might be a month later, but you will then have scored on the public scoreboard a customer that everybody knows that you got at your company and you know from the inner scorecard, inner scorecard workings that you're starting right here with this one example. You see how that works? And the jargon for doing the inner scorecard work like this one example is called, these are lead indicators. You are creating indicators that are going to lead to what we call lag indicators, which are the results that the public sees on the public scoreboard. Does that make sense? But this is something that you can do right now as of this moment. Okay, does that sound good? Okay, any questions for anybody? Because we're set to go otherwise. Yeah, Kim, we had one question. What would be your marketing angle for people who have had a bad experience with network marketing companies and have said they do not like to buy from network marketing companies? Well, you have to ask why. Why don't you want to buy from them? What was a bad experience? Get the information. Well, they wouldn't stop hassling me. Okay. What else? 
well, I, you know, they wouldn't, mostly it's, wouldn't stop hassling them. That's usually the bad experience. So what I would do is say, they for people who uh, have had a bad experience with a network marketer before, but who are willing to try again with somebody who doesn't do those things without even mentioning them. That's what I would do. We have a lot of people in our network. I've built six of these things. And in almost all of them, people would say, oh my God, it's a network marketing company. So yeah, this is how we do it. So you want to do it or not? You let me know. You're signing up with me and my team. So you want this or not? This is what we're going to teach you how to do this way. Oh, I want to sign up for this. People don't want to be nagged. And that's what network marketers are taught to do. Nag, 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 nag. Keep telling them how much money they can make when the person speaking hasn't made a dime. I mean, that doesn't go over. After 30 years of it, people are sick of it. So I would say, P.S., if you've had a bad experience with a network marketer, let me know. We promise we won't do that to you. And that'll be so refreshingly honest. I would call you and say, what, what, do you, what do you got? What are you doing? I want to know about your company. It's really interesting. Might want to buy it. You know, if that's what they're teaching people. It's just to be human. Don't be so scared. You're not going to do those horrible things to other people. It's like you have go to a bad restaurant. Do you never go out again? Just tell them, yeah, we had a bad experience one time. Does that mean we don't go out again? Yeah, we still go out sometimes or have take out or take in or whatever it's called nowadays, right? Or you have, buy a car and you have an accident. Do you never get in your car again? Is that the lesson you learn? Never get in again? And some people do that, but most people go again. You have another try. Remember, like Babe Ruth was the home run king in his day, but he also struck out more than anyone else. So if I, I would just say, you know, if you are a network marketer and you've had bad experiences, try us. We try harder not to do those horrible things that you couldn't stand. And then if you know what they are and you have a list, we won't hound you. We will not ask you to hound your friends. You probably use it as a sign up weapon. Okay. Yeah. Just don't do the things to people that you can't stand having done to you. And empathize with people who said they had a bad experience. Just say, tell me what it was. So we can be sure we're not doing that. You know, and it's okay. You don't have to sign up. I just want to know what happened. What's the bad thing that happened? Well, and they'll tell you. And you can make that into a story. So, you know, I talked to this lady who didn't sign up. And here's why she said. And then tell the whole story without names, right? And say, just FYI, we would never do this to you. So if you're interested and want to come with somebody who would never dream of doing this, PM me. Don't be afraid of the dark. Shine a light on it. That's what we do. There's no better way. Right? Okay, cool. All right. Talk to you soon. This is Kim, Kim Claver and Amy. Thanks, girl. Well, this is Kim. Thanks for making it all the way to the end. If you'd like to talk to us, one of our coaches, to see whether or not we can help you grow your business with ideas like this, here's a page where you can go and book. Just click on the page inside the box there, you'll see. Or, and if you're not inside of a page like that, just type in maxout.com forward slash talk. And you'll come to this page, you'll see that right there. And book a time. Watch that little video, that red video that says secret weapon. So you have some idea of how we do some of the stuff we talked about here, because it's pretty different. And a lot of it is automated and you might want to see how some of that works. And then set up a time if you're looking to grow your business and you care a lot about what you're doing and the people you're helping. 
and you want to make a big difference and have a big impact. And we'll see if we can help you one way or the other. The call's on the house. We just really want to figure out where you're going, where you are, what you've done, and see if we can help you. And if we can, we'll suggest some things, and you can decide what to, what you want to do. All right? Talk to you soon. This is Kim, Kim Claver. Thanks for coming. Bye. Thank you.